to an all-new season of Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I'm Lex. I'm Dan. And this is an abbreviated season. And what that means is we're going to say only the first part of each word that we speak from Four. now on. <laughs> oh. Well. <laughs> oh, I think last you're already... But... <laughs> it's a mini-season. Uh, I was, it was short for welcome. I want to be clear. <laughs> it's a mini-season, but there are several commonalities with the movies we'll be watching this season. I think they all fall into the, broadly speaking, the sci-fi genre, right, Dan? That's fair to say. I, yeah, I, think I would allow that. They're at least sort of um, uh, otherworldly. Other I don't know. Is that a good word? Yes, it's a wonderful word. Thank you. As Louis Thank Armstrong you. once almost sang. And then if that thematic connection doesn't work for you, they're also, uh, they all start with the letter T. Yeah, so no matter what, they're all connected. This season not playing is brought to you by the letter T. <laughs> And we've, it's a pretty exciting way to dive into the season because we are watching a film that neither you nor I has ever seen, Dan. No, that's true. You have zero recollection. You have a, a complete failure to remember anything about this movie. This is absolutely true. I've got nothing. Do you see what I'm going for? You have the opposite. I've got nothing. Of a total recall. <laughs> so this is Total Recall. Dan, what do you know about the movie? All right. This movie stars... Arnold, it exists. Uh, it exists. Stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. I knew that part. I think it's, is it, okay, I'm asking you questions like you know the answer to this. Is this a James Cameron? I think it might be. Oh, that I don't know. All right, we'll find out. (laughs) I believe it takes place in the future, but I can't swear it. Uh, At least part of it takes place on Mars, and there's a line that's like, get your ass to Mars. (laughs) Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. I believe, I know that there is a three-breasted alien woman in this movie. Yes, I've also heard that. So I look forward to uncomfortably watching that with you on headphones together. <laughs> and I I think I know nothing else. There's like, like a I, wild shot of like somebody's head coming away in sections at one point. Mm. I think it's roughly, I actually think it's loosely based on a short short story by Philip K. Dick. It's I'm pretty sure that it's based on Philip K. Dick. Yeah. yeah. Is it we can remember we can remember it for you wholesale maybe? I do don't you remember. have um? Do you have a favorite Schwarzenegger movie? I mean, it, recognizing that it could be Total Recall that you might love this movie we're about to watch together. But pre-watching this, do you have a favorite Schwarzenegger film? I never. You know what? I've never been a big Schwarzenegger movie fan. That said, I actually have grown to have a lot of respect for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I, I like him as a person, but I his movies have not always been my. favorite favorites you and i watched twins together we i did. do that like when he's good. trying to be funny and so like the ones that come to mind for me are twins kindergarten cop true lies Ter- terminator then, like, 2 is pretty good i have that's to say the one i was gonna go to terminator if 2 you want to think solid. of him as being like funny and action hero that's the one yeah, and i've never movie. seen the the last action hero which neither I have i maybe we should put that on the list this one. <laughs> it doesn't start with the t though so doesn't not start with t. <laughs> the last action hero. I guess <laughs> it starts- nailed it uh, we can we can throw that in as our bonus episode, or, or we can save it for our all Schwarzenegger season. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited to watch it. I really uh, I can't remember the last time we watched a movie that I felt like I knew so little about. I didn't even know it involved Mars. I can't remember so. the last time we watched a movie. 
<laughs> also true. But the, the nice thing is, and we, we always remind you of this, right? You, you get to hear us talk about the movie before we've seen it, or at least before one of us has, in this case, both. And then you get to hear us talk about it afterwards. And if you are so inclined, you are able to watch along with us. As it turns out, at, at least as we record this in June of 2022, mm-hmm. this movie is streaming on HBO Max, where we're watching it. And regardless of where you choose to watch the movie, if you want to watch along, all you have to do is become a member of The Incomparable. Isn't that right, Dan? Don't I have those facts correct? Those facts are 100% correct. I say you've recalled them correctly. Totally. And if you go to the incomparable.com slash members, you'll find uh, since the last time we discussed this in one of our episodes, a brand shiny new page for signing up to become an incomparable member. So, I mean, look at look at where all your hard-earned membership dollars are going. We're putting it right back into the website. Uh, you can sign up and decide whether you'd like to support at a $5 or a $10 level or the absolutely amazing, I think it's a $20 level too. I mean, that's... It's above and beyond is what I say. Wow, wow. But for all these things, you get access to a ton of things like extra content. So we've got our our commentaries, of course, which are the the most premium of extra content. There are bootleg episodes uh, that get released before they've been edited. There's special member content that is just like episodes just for members. And then there's even uh, an ad-free version now of the main show, The Incomparable, plus access to The Incomparable member Slack and... uh, possibly some swag as well Uh, and hey if you are already a member but you know somebody else who might be interested you can even sign up to give a membership to someone else so that's sharing the love heck you say i do say you do say so yeah please do that support us support the whole incomparable enterprise and then watch the movie with us it's kind of fun and honestly, we have plenty of listeners who tell us that they listen to the commentary drag without watching the movie. I don't understand you, but I appreciate you. <laughs> I would go so far as to say it's not only kind of fun, it's very fun. <laughs> huh. So, Lex, do you recall when we watched the movie... Total Recall. Dan, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think it is my least favorite of all the movies we've wow. watched together. Oh, I have to know. Mark Alemo was in there somewhere. I didn't see him, but he's a, a, a Star Trek actor from a long time, for a long time. And Robert Picardo, also a Star Trek actor. So many Star Trek well, He actors. sounds like one. He sounds like a character. He does, yes. I bet he's never heard that before. Your least favorite is what you're saying. There was nothing that I liked about there it. There was really nothing you to. liked about it. Wow. That is... I mean, that's... Like, was there an occasional funny moment, I guess? Sure. But it was, this was just... This was not a movie for me. And I really... I came in expecting to like it. Wow. <laughs> okay. Sure. What was your take, though? I have mixed thoughts about it. I do think Arnie is usually fun to watch. Sure. He's got some charisma to him, you know? Um I feel like, you know, the, 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 the analog we have these days, is, I mean, and Arnie's still doing movies, obviously, but like, I feel like The Rock, although I think The Rock has a more, like, more charisma, but like, yes. they kind of are built from a similar mold, and that mold is gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> they broke the mold with Arnold, and they shoved The Rock in it. <laughs> um, I liked the premise a lot. I thought that the idea of like the the memory, you know, we're going to wipe his memory and like it's twisty and you're not sure what's real. I really wish they'd sort of leaned into that harder and made you like you you commented we had that one scene right where they like bring his wife in and the doctor's there and it's like no no this is all in your imagination. And I kind of I, I think it is left intentionally vague. 
Like, I don't think we know that what we saw happen happened. I think so, but I, I would say it doesn't lean as hard into that ambiguity as something like Inception yes. does. And I kind of wish they had played a, with that a little bit more because it, it then ends up feeling a little bit... The last act is certainly very much just action movie, shoot em up. And yep. it kind of loses any sort of idea it has. I was just thinking about that as you said it. Like, you know, if we cut to a shot of Arnie's eyes opening somewhere else, like, now it's very on the nose... Nope, it didn't happen. Yeah, but right. It kind of needs to end. I don't know. I think that it it is open. I I I honestly I can't tell what they want you to think. <laughs> I think the easier explanation is what we saw happen happened, but so much of it was predicted by what they said before they put the before they started the procedure, and then what that guy said to him in the hotel room, where he's like, "Right, yeah, this is what you're gonna do," and then you do this, and you do this, and that is what he did. <laughs> you're gonna yeah, save no, the world. That's true. That is true. It certainly seems it's a lot more possible for you to read it. But I think you have to work harder, right? Like, Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and that is that is the tricky part. This movie was remade in 2012 with Colin Farrell and Kate Beckinsale. I do I don't, have quite the crush on Kate Beckinsale. And I have no idea. I don't think it's very good. There was a while there where uh, they made a bunch of Philip K. Dick movies and they struggled to make a good movie out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because I'm seeing now the the remake received mixed to negative reviews with Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus praising the action sequences but saying it lacks the elements of the original film that made it a classic. Oh, man. Um, I can see why this was a classic of the time in the sense of like there's a lot of boundary pushing like special effects stuff. It provides a very colorful world, right? I think... Mostly red. Like... Yep, mostly red. Lots of use of red filters. But I think Mars is interesting. It's got that whole sort of slightly dystopian vibe to it that's sort of a hallmark, especially of the post-80s. So Paul Verhoeven also directed RoboCop, which is I have never seen, but I think there's a there's certainly... And, and also, I believe, Starship Troopers, which I have seen. I have only seen the sequel to RoboCop. <laughs> and I was reading that Arnold wanted to star in RoboCop, by the way, but then they couldn't make that work, so they did this mm. instead. Couldn't fit the thing on. That's literally what they said that there were costuming issues. Is that the yes. costuming issues? Yeah. So like Verhoeven does a lot of genre stuff in the '90s, and I think you know this is. I I don't know. I wouldn't say I loved it. I don't think I'm in any hurry to rewatch it. And if I felt like this was a movie I wanted to like show somebody, I think I'd have to think very carefully about that. But I had a conversation with my wife about. It. She's like, "Oh, Total Recall. Yeah, I liked that." And I was like, watching this now, I was like, "Yeah, but." If you watch it now, would you like it? Right. And like I'm I'm trying to also judge it here. It's just and it's 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 fine. I'm not mad at the movie, but it's just so clearly not for me. Like it's just it, it, it's not what and, I want. And I think it's a movie that would appeal to me normally, but I think what distracts me from it now is as I mentioned while we were watching it, a lot of it feels clumsy in its direction and staging. Yes. And has the continual added like Let's throw, you know, t- constant need to top itself like a lot of these movies of this era do where it's like, all right, now they're in trouble with this. Now there's a giant drill that's going to keep them. Now there's a giant shoot. And like, right, it keeps going. And, it, and, and it's I not want it to be a little meaning like, right. like when, when we're getting attacked by Billy and the drill, I call it. Nope. Benny in the drill, please. Benny in the drill. Sorry. But we're going to talk about Benny in the drill. Like, Benny. There's no mm-hmm. reason that that drill didn't kill them. <laughs> like the, the, the space sure. that they were working with, they should be dead. Just like with every shooting scene, which honestly to me, like lends credence to the it didn't really happen. Like it's, it's more believable if it didn't happen, if you know what I mean. 
because of sure. how how like these escapes weren't even narrow and that that's my objection to the direction it's like they <laughs> they were impossible <laughs> they're, they're shooting everywhere the body that he holds in front of himself uh stops the bullets from reaching him <laughs> i don't know but you're right it did feel clumsy and i don't think that they were like we can make it look clumsy because it's a dream i don't think that's what they're going for but it's the only way to make the movie make sense to me i did like the twists with it end up being like you know, you think that he's on the run and everybody wants to kill him and that he's like gone rogue. And then it turns out that he's actually the bad guy. I kind of right. liked that. The fact that he I thought that was a up. fun. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a fun twist. It does seem unnecessary. Like if you already had that intention, like it, it feels, yeah, there's a lot of convolution. Sure. It is convoluted, but I enjoy a convoluted spy plot. So I think if yeah, for that, that kind of works for me. But at the same time, I think a lot there's a lot more of this movie than there needs to be. Um, <laughs> that's perfectly said. I think that's right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so much of it, I was looking just briefly at the, the synopsis for the original story, which does really, I think, I mean, there is some Mars stuff in there, but like, it, you know, it's slightly different, but it's got like sort of the same broad strokes. And I think in some ways it makes sense that that was like, something that they had to flesh out right like they're like oh well this is a good idea but we're gonna need to add a whole bunch of stuff into it and that's where you get the sort of weird 90s like grungy uh dystopian aspect plays into sort of the classic i mean it's a 1960s short story so you know it's got a very different vibe to it and in some ways it feels like we're gonna mash these two things together so I see why it had appeal at the time i think but i think from a 2022 perspective it feels less compelling to me. I think that's all right. I mean, it's just, there's things that I've seen Arnold do that I enjoy. And there are, you know, action and sci-fi movies that I enjoy, but this one, it's just, it just felt dumb. And I, I don't, I don't know how better, like it just, it did, I, at no point was I worried about any of the characters. Cause I didn't know if they were real or not. I didn't know who to root for. And it all seemed dumb. That's, that's my my i also appreciate by the way as i'm as i'm doing the research you did that they changed the character's name from the short story from quail, quail. to quake yeah i guess that sounded stronger also 1990 so the vice oh, president damn. would have been dan quail yeah. so maybe they're like nah we'll just move that although i will say i once read a science fiction story by a friend of mine that predated uh, it was many years ago but there was a character in it named Mike Pence. <laughs> and while reading it was always like, really? <laughs> That's funny. Well, the the former senator and com- current comedian, Al Franken, mm-hmm. once wrote a fictional book about his uh, rise to the presidency where he chose as his running mate, Joe Lieberman, long before Joe Lieberman was ever Al Gore's running mate. Mm. It was an, oh, an all-Jew ticket, as Franken described it in the book. <laughs> he wanted to capture that momentum, I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I mean, I enjoyed that. I'm looking at the production stuff and like a bunch of this was filmed in Mexico City and the train station was the Mexico City Metro, which I have ridden. It's a very nice. Did you see any bullet holes while you were there? I saw very few bullet holes while I was there. Oh, you Um, are right. They did change the name to avoid referencing then Vice President Dan Quinn. Oh, that was that was a guess. But I'm glad that it it actually put that there. There are some fun character actor bits. I thought the guy playing the the villain was fun and over the top. uh, Ronnie Cox. Yeah. I also I love Michael Ironside who was Richter and I don't know I just he's got he I like his voice he's got so he voiced famously uh, there's a series of video games called Splinter Cell hmm. with a character named Sam Fisher and he is the voice of Sam Fisher and he's got that such a gravelly like del- delightful voice to listen to that I'm willing to forgive him mainly being just a ridiculous character I did think that um, Sharon Stone did a fine job with her role I thought she was good yeah 
I also can see more now why she was such a uh, icon in that era. I feel like yeah. And this this is when Paul thought that she was perfect for Basic Instinct. So this movie mm-hmm. led to that movie apparently. And Rachel uh, Ticotin Ticotin. I'm not sure how to pronounce yeah. her Ticotin. <laughs> she was fine. She doesn't have a lot to do though. Right. Exactly. Like she doesn't. Her, her role mostly exists to be the person. Like she's not. She's not a person in her own right. She is a person as an accessory, sort of. I I did laugh because I recognized her name immediately. Though I think this is probably one of the highest billings that she's had she's been a few other things but i knew her i recognized the voice as doing voice work on the tv show gargoyles which i'm a big fan of in which she is like a kind of a secondary character but i like you know when i was a teenager i swear to god i probably memorized the entire voice cast of that show i did not recognize her as this part but i have seen her most recently in my rewatch of lost where she played anna lucia's mother yes yes i saw that also she was in falling down and con air con air yeah so yeah. she did pick some mm. some hits to be in. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned you caught Dean Norris yes. as one of the mutants, which is fun. Uh, uh, totally unrecognizable. Yeah. Also, the whole mutant subplot felt, or, or the existence of the mutants and their appearance and everything else, some of that felt very odd to me. <laughs> I mean, I get the point. Like, that's another place where I felt like they didn't commit, right? Because the whole point was like, oh, these are people who have been essentially, you know, the result of the fact that they don't have good domes that filter out like radiation, and people will get, you know, they're they're presumably their kids are mutated because they have like defects, and I like. There's a point to be made there about like social inequality and all that stuff, which they kind of used, but like. I think a movie made today would lean a lot harder into that subplot, right? Because it feels very timely. Yeah. Uh, not that it's not always timely, but like this movie is clearly not as interested in that, except as a sort of a bullet point. I think mutants are always timely, particularly when they're both teenage and ninja. How do you feel about turtles? Shell shocked that you would even bring that up. No, that's, that's their heroes on a half shell, my friend. These these are the kinds of jokes you miss if you don't listen to the full commentary track. I don't know if that's a selling point or not. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you about that. I like the score, even though it feels very miss. It does not feel like it fits this movie, but it's such a Jerry Goldsmith store that, score that I really appreciate yeah, people, it. I was like, reading it people is, think it's one of Jerry Goldsmith's best scores. It's, it's, it was energetic and fun, but it also feels very much of that time. I know Jerry Goldsmith from a bunch of stuff, but also largely he did a bunch of Star Trek scores. I think he did uh, Rudy, which we watched previously, <laughs> which he is well known for, which is a very notable score. Yeah, I I liked it though. It was fun. I you also, oh, by the, the way, score, you mean. Okay. Yep. yeah, the score. I want to mention the the character I mentioned at the end there, uh, Mark Alemo, who is a Star Trek actor, played that one captain, the guy with the beret that he like runs the bad guy who he runs into at one point. I think he's like a, in a few scenes. Uh, it's like I'm staring at that guy, being like, that guy looks kind of familiar, but I can't quite place him. That's because on Star Trek, he is under a ton of makeup. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you know. Dan, I'm, I'm going back I, through, and I've looked at every movie we watch now. <laughs> I forgot about the whole James Bond era, but yeah, I mean, this is—I think—I think this is the one for me. Like, this is the one that I derive the least enjoyment from. I don't think I would put it at the bottom of my list. I think that it's kind of in the—it's you know—it's probably bottom half though. Easy. So I—I I was looking forward to it because I like sci-fi a lot, and I feel like people have described this movie to me as iconic. But I also feel like when you saw this is probably a big player in that yeah 
<laughs> like, yeah. And we've definitely uh, seen that before where sure, movies yeah. that have a nostalgia don't always... And that's okay. They may, some, like, I really do try to appreciate it of its air. Like, listen, there were a couple jokes that felt very, very dated and whatever. Yep. But uh, like... Offensive. It's, yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, but I, I don't know. I... <sighs> I, I get that part of the trope of an action movie is you want your hero such as it is to survive. And so he can't get dead from people shooting him. That's I, I can accept that. But like, this just felt like I just didn't care <laughs> about anybody. So it made it hard. I would have turned it off if I wasn't watching it for a podcast. That's, that's how right. much I okay. didn't like it. Fair enough. Yeah. There's so much random gunfire and stuff that it, it's, it kind of, you know desensitizes you to the idea of the violence in this movie yeah. like and there are some truly horrific moments that they punctuate it with but it is also at times just like a little it becomes like a wall of noise right it's like oh it's that classic 1980s gunfire with just like we just laid in some gunfire sound effects and it's just endless right there's people are yeah. shooting millions of bullets and it's just like i don't i don't care about any of this right so i can see that that aspect of it definitely being off-putting there, there's elements I like. I thought some of the production design was kind of fun and different, right? Like, it also has that sort of wacky uh, 1980s, like, there's product placement. We're going to project to the future, but we also still have Pepsi in I want to know if Coca-Cola and, and Pepsi paid, because they both appeared in the movie pretty prominently. I, yeah. Also, I enjoy any time there is a a movie that is set in a particular time, but projecting to the future yeah. because of the terrible inaccuracies they do that always amuses the heck out of me like like uh you know back to the future part two in 2015 right. um, a year that is now many years in the past <laughs> uh and utterly wrong about what that looked like i don't remember if they said what year this was at the beginning i believe they don't say although i was reading that in some collateral about it they describe it yeah Okay, so we got, still got some time. Right. That's 60 years from now. We could, we could get those really crappy FaceTime phones. It could happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I did enjoy... I wanted to look up and see if this was an actual like reference. I wanted to know if the Matrix thing was an actual... like The Matrix was deliberately referencing that i mean because the matrix has like the themes are the same right it's like oh you're a guy but you're not who you think you are right like there is definitely a it feels like something that is a tip of the hat to that movie but i guess that was really only a decade earlier yeah i was i was reading that at least the 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 remember the that everything is a remix scene they do consider uh-huh. everything is remix considers the matrix an homage to or a reference to this red pill i would believe it yep yep so that's kind of, i mean I can see why it's got some, you know, had some lasting impacts on people. I just don't think when you revisit the source material, it is necessarily as compelling as it might have been upon first viewing. That's where I'm yeah. going. With I would it. say, you know, if you've if you've gone through all of Philip K. Dick's stories, then maybe you took the well-read pill. Whew. Whew. That one, <laughs> you know, people got kicked in the groin a lot, and it was a lot like that joke. <laughs> Yes, groin kicks were a, a very standard element of that film that we just watched together. Like close-ups, too. It's the same shot. Yes. If if I were going to watch, which I were, <laughs> don't recall, I'm glad it was at least with you. That that made it better than it could have been. Yes. It was definitely more enjoyable to watch together. I appreciate that so much. And I, I look forward to our next T-based sci-fi film that we'll be watching soon. Do we know what that is? Or are we just uh, we're going to like roll with the punches and see what we feel like? I I don't think we know. I think know. we're going to figure it out. <laughs> I we'll think see we what will. it looks like. I believe in us. But until then, Dan, <laughs> keep watching the Mars. That's what I thought you were going to say, and I couldn't do any better. <laughs> Speaking of things that are well read, though, Mars. <laughs> uh, I'll allow it. <laughs>
Why do you think you're good for this job? Because my name is Jack Hammer. <laughs> and I Jack Hammer. It's what I do. It's who I am. His muscles have muscles, don't I know. Oh.